Welcome to Fresh from the Field Fridays by the Produce Industry Podcast, your weekly download on supply trends, category updates, brand awareness, and what's hot in the market. Join us each week from San Francisco Bay, California, as we cover all aspects of the produce supply chain industry. Ladies and gentlemen, here's your host, Dan, the Produce Man. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Fresh from the Field Fridays on this lovely, lovely Friday in September. I'm Dan, the Produce Man. Today's Fresh from the Field Fridays is brought to you by the Produce Industry Podcast and sponsored by Buck Naked Onions, Fresh Cravings, Fresh Salsas right in your produce department, Equifruit, the only banana you should buy. London Fruit Company, bringing us delicious, nutritious mangoes and Dole Fresh Vegetables. Hey folks, Dan the Produce Man here and Todd Fisher, Chef Todd Fisher is my guest today. And well, Todd, folks, if you love food, then you must know Todd, that's for sure. He is the proprietor of the Meatery in Seaside. And boy, oh boy, if you hadn't, haven't been in there, folks, everything meat. It's a meat lover's paradise, let me tell you. And then the Baron Flag Roadside in Carmel is also the host of the United States of Bacon, the United States of Steak, the United States of Burgers on Destination America Channel. Todd Fisher, welcome to Fresh from the Field Fridays. Thank you, Dad. Thank you very much. I've had, I've had some fun fun times in my life, that's for sure. Sounds like it. Yeah, so, sounds fantastic. Yo, know, I was blown away when it went into the meadery. <laughs> I have never seen a butcher shop like that before, ever. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We try really hard to uh, to offer a little bit of something for everyone. You know, that's our that's our goal. We we do we work with a lot of California ranches to make sure that we have you know everything from grass fed and finished to prairie raised to some smaller uh, farms that that uh, one one of our favorite farms is Santa Carota. It's a uh, beef that's finished on carrots and uh, much like uh, corn fed cattle, it, it the, the sugars can't process fast enough in the body because that's just just like you know just like humans. Eat a lot of sugars, and sometimes you, you get a little chunky. Uh, that's what the cows do. And the, the meat comes loaded with B12 and beta carotene, and it's just this beautiful, bright red, and it's just an incredible ranch. So we're pretty fortunate that we've got such great ranches and producers here in California. We're pretty, we're pretty fortunate. Yeah, we we certainly are. Carrot beef, folks. <laughs> you can't go wrong <laughs> with carrot beef. <laughs> Maybe that can start a trend. Maybe we can get beet beef and uh, you know you eggplant go. beef and whatever else. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't go broccoli beef. That'd be weird. Oh, oh no. Well, <laughs> hey, you know, you, that should be number 63, right? Broccoli exactly. beef. Exactly. Right. So, Chef, you know, it's September. It's, uh, I always say it's a beautiful time of the year, and it just really is. There's so many things in the market. Fresh produce, fresh fruit and vegetables, fresh meats. Why don't you tell me what is on the menu at Baron Flag Roadside? Yeah. So it's our, it's kind of a throwback for us to a, a good old California roadside eatery. Being a fifth generation Californian, uh, my wife and I have raised five kids here in, in, on the Monterey Peninsula. And, Beautiful. Um, yeah, it really is. And, you know, we just wanted something that that harkened back to the day when you could get in your car, take a trip and, you, you know, you could stop somewhere and it wasn't necessarily fast food. It wasn't uh, necessarily the, the 
you know, gourmet either, but it was just really good American food. So we got an incredible burger and fried chicken sandwich, as well as great kind of deli style sandwiches. We herb roast all of our meats and vegetables, uh, mm. yeah, and, and vegetables and pickles and stuff here at the nice. meadery and then take them out there to the valley. But seasonally wise, right, we're right now we're, we're, we're wrapping up corn season or we'll be coming to a, the end of corn season. So we've got this beautiful, what we call roadside corn, Carver Valley roadside corn that is kind of like an elote, right? It's very, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's blister, boiled and blistered on, on over a grill, finished with uh, a bunch of baker's bacon. One of my buddies here that has a great <laughs> baking company um, and it's an applewood, double smoked applewood bacon. We finish it with that and a little bit of a uh, kind of a, citrus crema so it's, it's just got a beautiful flavor profile sweet corn oh, um and it's just wonderful so that we're of course you know this time of year we're doing a, a beautiful watermelon tomato and feta salad with basil we've got great salads out there which is one of the things having lived in the valley that was it was always like man on my way home i just want to get a great salad i don't want to have yeah. to stop by the store and pick up every piece of a salad i'd like to just pick up one done and so uh this was another answer to that to that situation as well so it always blows my mind. I spend the day in the kitchen making some of the most amazing food ever. And then on my way home, I'm like, oh, that's right. I forgot to eat something. <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> yes. I know the feeling well, yes. When I had my store all day long in my produce market, then it's like, oh, my goodness. I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't eat anything. I tasted yeah. things here and there, you know, to, to buying. Yeah. And I like, you know, we try as best we can to stay seasonal. So right now we're also, we, we offer a great seasonal grilled cheese. And right now it's... Uh, it's got stone fruit, a no. cheddar, a little bit of brie. And so it's just this really crunchy, good uh, Watsonville sourdough. You know, we try to keep it seasonal with what, when we can. And, and, you know, as a chef, it's, it's, it's meant to be a low, you know, lower price point, casual pop-in kind of joint, picnic tables and on the patio, beer and wine by the glass. It's all about quality and technique, right? You got to still got to buy great quality ingredients. You can't, uh, you can't skimp on that. So let's go back to that that corn for a minute do you wrap bacon around the corn on the cob or do you how do you add that to the corn so for in this particular case because we brush it with that citrus crema we kind of throw crispy bacon at it if you will um, and so it's kind of coated in crispy crunchy bacon i have done bacon wrapped corn before uh i am also the brand ambassador for duda uh oh really you, you know Duda well, yeah. So Absolutely. I, I'm their brand ambassador for all their kind of a lot of their product launches. I do recipe campaigns for them and those kind of things as well. And have for the last, I don't know, 10 or so years. I, I grew up in the produce business, actually. My dad was in the wholesale produce business. So as a kid, I was walking around the, the SF market and kind of cruising around up there and then, you know, delivered produce before I got into the kitchen. And so I've, I've been working with produce companies for really since I've been a chef too, uh, as a consultant in some way, shape or form. I worked with Monterey mushrooms for years. Oh, doing yeah. PMAs and things, things of that nature and country fresh mushroom. And I've uh, done some work with Fresh Express and uh, Chiquita and man packing back, you know, before, well, before it was Del Monte. And sure. so, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been in the produce kind of business the entire time, too. So, sorry, that's a long way of saying, yeah, I wrap bacon around corn. I, mean, I put bacon and everything. I was, just, I was the host of a bacon television show. <laughs> We tried hard to make bacon taste bad and couldn't do it. <laughs> oh, oh, boy, you got to love it. Let me tell you. You know, it's funny. I remember going to a local deli. This is going back probably 10 or 12 years. And ordering a BLT. And the sourdough bread was absolutely phenomenal. Toasted perfectly. 
The tomatoes were the best you could get for that time of the year. The bacon was over-the-top applewood smoked such-and-such such bacon. <laughs> they put the mayo on a whole bit. And then, what do they do? They put spring mix on the BLT. I said, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Blasphemy. <laughs> you know, and at that point, I said, my goodness, you know, I could... If it was still around, I could go to Woolworths and get the BLT that I wanted. I want, you know. So then it's interesting, and I, I wrote all this out in a in an article called "In Defense of Iceberg Lettuce." And I went to a burger joint and I ordered the burger and the whole bit. And what do they put on it? They put one green leaf on their lettuce that just melted onto yeah. the burger, and thinking, man, where's the crunch, man? Part of the experience in these two items is that crunchy iceberg lettuce, you know? It's true, yeah. Uh, yeah, some form of crunchy lettuce. So on my BLT, yeah, I, actually, I actually use the baby gem lettuces. That's good, um, yeah. Yeah, because it's got that rib down the center that gives you that same hydrated uh, crunch without being quite so... I mean, I love iceberg, don't get me wrong. I, I, I had a restaurant in Salinas for for 10 years and I, I remembered I opened the first day and all the Salinas lettuce heads came in and they ripped me a new one for having a, you know, not having a, a traditional wedge salad on my menu. I think, I think I went about seven days and had a wedge, wedge salad on the menu right away. Cause it was every single person commented or, 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 or was disappointed if you will about it. And uh, I love a good wedge salad. I to this day still do a wedge at the, at, out of roadside at, the, at Baron flag. But we do gem lettuces just for the way it works with our particular BLT setup. But I'm with you. You got to have some refreshing, crunchy piece to that sandwich. You know, we, we get, like, exactly as you said, you can get the best tomato in the world. You can get the best bacon, which we do a, uh, same, my, my buddy's bacon, that, that baker's bacon. But we actually cook it sous vide for oh, 12 really? hours. So it's completely cooked and rendered. And then we can just crisp it on the plancha. Uh -huh. And we glaze it in a uh, uh, fermented maple and chili syrup that is unbelievable and then that gentle lettuce gives us the the, the, the kind of the, the palate feel that we're looking for and the refreshment you know it's great to have a guest that makes you absolutely hungry that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna go to a quick break but before we do i want to ask you a question my girlfriend showed me a, a video of a of a lady cooking bacon on the stovetop and she poured water in the pan, and a good amount too. And then I guess the water evaporated, and all that was left was the bacon. And she said it was the crispiest bacon she's ever had. Have you ever heard that before? Interesting. Uh, no, I haven't. Because uh, no, my, but doesn't make it wrong. And you know, I would be nervous to try it because there's so much fat and water. Don't fat and water don't generally like each other that way. But. Um, that's an interesting concept. Yeah, I, went, I think, I think I'm gonna give it a shot. Yeah, when I was on, when I was traveling for my show, we went to one place and uh, they deep fried every single piece of bacon, and it was about a, <laughs> a foot tall BLT uh, <laughs> that that had all this crispy, curly, crunchy bacon in it. It was it was definitely an amazing BLT, not the best BLT I've ever had, but uh, wow. It, <laughs> so that's. That's the crispiest bacon I've ever seen is coming out of a deep fryer. 
Um, deep fryer wow deep fried bacon like you needed something else to make it that much better you know they, they don't but, coat it or anything right not coated no just, just in. yeah blisters and sizzles and crackles and comes out crispy so well i guess that enhances the oil in the deep fryer for <laughs> yeah some, right some for the next way, thing <laughs> <laughs> hey folks chef todd fisher is our guest here today on fresh from the field fridays we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back right after this Welcome to Equifruit, an importer and marketer of fresh bananas. Equifruit is committed to 100% fair trade, which means no crummy wages, super safe working conditions, and nothing but love for the ladies. Driving innovation through impossible to ignore merchandising, Equifruit is the only banana you should buy. Everyone, we have an APP out on a buck naked onion. This onion is produced by Owyhee Produce, so we have to be on the lookout. Whether you're a retailer, food service distributor, or a wholesaler, this onion is whole, it's hearted, and it's buck naked, everyone. To all you civilians out there, please, let's catch this buck naked onion. All right, folks, we're back. Fresh from the Field Fridays, Dan the Produce Man here. Chef Todd Fisher is my guest today. And again, as we said in the beginning, Bear and Flag Roadside. That's in Carmel, right, Todd? Yeah, Carmel Valley. Carmel Valley. And the meadery in Seaside, folks, that places. It reminds me of the Dan's Fresh Produce of Meat. I mean, look, Todd just told us in the last segment about carrot-fed beef. Amazing. Also, uh, a TV show on Destination America. Three TV shows. Just all kinds of things. Chef Todd, you are a busy, busy man. That is true. <laughs> so how, how did the son of a produce man open up a butcher shop? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we were, a, we were a carnivore family, even though my dad was in the produce business. We'd bring home a Hogan every, uh, every week, just a box full of of goodies, right? And nice. um, that was kind of, it was way before the, uh, you know, what are they, the uh, CSA boxes, but, you know, he'd pack it up, walk through, pack up when he needed <laughs> the week, weekend. And and we had great fresh vegetables with every meal, but we, we ate meat. And, you know, as being a chef for the last basically 30 years, I've owned and operated several restaurants. I've, I've run some of the best kitchens in Monterey County, uh, been part of some of the best events of Monterey County. And, uh, my last post, I was the executive chef and culinary director for a winery in Carmel Valley, and we opened a steakhouse in downtown Carmel. You know, I was there for running that for five years and really wanted to buy that from the company, uh, but it just didn't work out. But in the meantime, the meadery had opened, so I, I wasn't the original proprietor of the, of the meadery, but some friends of mine opened it and, and needed help here and there, asked for some guidance, some, some I'll call it consulting, even though it was more of just a friend helping friends. Sure. And the last time they called me, I was kind of trying to get that deal to work in Carmel. It wasn't happening, but I did think, wow, the meadery would really serve my purposes and feed all of my product into the restaurant in Carmel. And I could, because that kitchen wasn't really built for the volume that we did. When that deal didn't happen, I moved forward with purchasing this anyway. And, and uh, the rest is kind of history. And it's been the greatest life adjustment that I've made from going from a, a chef from a pretty formal dining experiences, although I do a little bit of everything and leaving, you know, the restaurant at midnight, one o'clock in the morning, 
getting in there at, you know, eight, nine, 10 o'clock in the morning. Cause you got so much stuff to do, you know, now butcher, if I'm here to eight o'clock, I mean, it's been a, it's been a really long day. So greatest change. And I work with my wife every single day. So we work uh-huh. uh, in the shop together. She manages the business as well as kind of runs the counter when she's, when she's available. And, and we really have a great time doing it. Our kids are involved in, in, in both of our businesses. You know, I got five kids in total, all with, with her, which is, you know, awesome. Yeah, um, that is. Uh, uh, a couple of them have already graduated college and, and kind of come and help a little bit. I've got a, a high schooler that helps behind the counter. He He's amazing selling steaks and chops and <laughs> talking to people about Iberico ham. And, and you know, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. So it's definitely uh, the, the son of a produce man became a, a butcher. <laughs> and, uh, and my, my family is uh, helping out just like I helped my dad when he uh, was in the produce business. So That's beautiful. You, you can't beat it. Now, let, let me ask you, when I was in your shop, very, very clever sign format. Yeah. Uh, was that your wife who was yeah. writing the signs on the big... So, folks, there's this big roll of butcher paper. And what is it, like, maybe six feet up, seven feet up? Uh, probably seven feet up, yeah, the actual roll. Yeah, and she was making signs for, what, the specials or whatever, whatever yeah, you we, had that day? Yeah, because we do sandwiches, hot sandwiches, or sandwiches in general, but hot sandwiches Thursday, Fridays, and Saturdays. And uh, barbecue, we do smoked meats, ribs, brisket, 18-hour brisket that is mind-blowing. I, I'd put it up against any brisket in California, that's for sure. And 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 even uh, I get a lot of Texans in here who uh, <laughs> don't want to admit it, but they, uh, they say it's one of, the, one of the top they've had. <laughs> oh, you got to love it, that's for sure. <laughs> You know, that sign was pretty cool, though. She wrote the sandwiches and the things on on the butcher paper and then rolled it down. So you got this long, I don't know how to describe it, but it's really clever. And her handwriting is amazing. That's for sure. She does a great job with it. There's been once or twice where I've had to, you know, I've had to add something to the menu and she comes in and she has to do it all over again. She's like, no, that looks like. That literally looks like a child did it. I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> kids work here. Maybe they did. <laughs> Nothing like taking care of you. That's for sure. You know, that, that that's a good thing. I'll tell you, that smoked pork belly sandwich was probably the best I ever had. Thank you. That Thank was you. absolutely amazing. So, Todd, it's squash season, pear season, Concord grapes are out there. Man, I mean, there's just so much you can do. What do you do with, say, squash and some sort of meat? What would you do with, and what type of winter squash? So one of my my easiest and best defaults, I'm, I, squash is my favorite vegetable, hands down, um, both middle, in the midsummer like this, where we can get these beautiful golden bar or crookneck or zucchinis or some of the starbursts or things like that. I love them. But I also love autumnal squashes. So the kabochas and the butternuts and all those things. But this time of year, I kind of, I almost always, if I'm cooking at home or even in the shop, uh, I de- I default to just a shaved raw zucchini or yellow or golden uh, like golden bar squash salad where I just shave it thin like on a mandolin or, or with cut it with your knife olive oil lemon juice maybe some shaved parmesan or or some kind of salty cheese like a feta a little bit of basil or mint and salt and pepper and I I can eat that and pine nuts I love to put pine nuts I can eat that every uh, okay. day I do it a lot at home I just slice it on the mandolin like a coin and uh, again I salt them and, and let them soften up a little bit a little bit of lemon juice olive oil basil mint if I have them both if I have them or, or either or and then the, like I said salt pepper and, and uh, pine nuts and it's one of my favorite <laughs> ways to to eat squash 
Uh, I love it with chicken. I love it with steak. I love it with uh, fish. And uh, it's just easy, right? And there's nothing. My kids for the longest time were like, oh, raw squash salad again. And I was like, hey, what raw squash salad's pretty good with you know and so I, I just absolutely love it and then uh and you can do anything with it but i also love just good old-fashioned i i one of my very first kitchen jobs was in castroville at restaurante la squala an italian restaurant that was there for quite some time and we used to do sauteed squash with onions tomatoes olives a little Ooh. bit of caper and then just kind of salt and pepper and and that was the side vegetable most nights so if you ordered veal piccata or if you ordered chicken parm or whatever you ordered you got a little side of this sauteed squash wow. that uh it was again i could eat that I really, I'm, now that I'm saying it, I'm, I'm like, wow, I actually haven't made that in a while. I need, I need to do so. <laughs> yeah, it sounds really good. I, I would have never thought of that. But, I mean, I've had squash raw before, but never never like that. That's amazing. What about winter squash? Any, any, anything you like to do with the uh, winter squashes? I do. I love I love uh I love taking kabocha squashes and or if, if that's too big, even delicata squashes and and uh kind of you know hollowing them, not really hollowing them out, but taking the seeds out and then using them as a, a baking vessel to then serve like a big party or uh or you know something like that. So you bake the whole squash. I have a wood fired oven at home, so I love doing oh, kabochas okay. in the wood fired oven. It sets the form of the squash, right? And then you kind of get in there and pull some of the squash meat out, that beautiful bright golden squash, and then fold it into something like a pasta or risotto and put it back into the, 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 the set shell and then serve that and oh it's so great yeah. oh. we did one where we uh we did the same for a thanksgiving we actually stuffed it with a, a basically a, a sausage if you will so it's kind of like a, a stuffed pepper or a stuffed mushroom whatever you want to call it and, and bake that whole thing so then we actually cut the whole piece of the kabocha squash and the uh the sausage was kind of baked on the side so it looked like you served almost like a wedge of watermelon wow. with bright pink kind of rosy sausage and the golden crust. Oh my gosh, it was phenomenal. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I tell you. I love, uh, same thing, I, I actually like some raw squashes, some raw winter squashes as well. I love thinly shaved or sliced butternut squash in a yes, salad. I do uh, too, yeah. Really a bitter salad too, like chicories and frisées and oh. radicchio and then the sweet butternut squash kind of shaved in there. It's such a nice contrast. And what kind of dressing would you do with that? Something light, I guess, huh? Yeah, probably, I, I love just classic kind of champagne vinaigrettes. So yeah, sure. a little bit of minced shallot, Dijon, maybe a little bit of honey if I'm going with those bitter winter squash, uh, bitter winter greens, and then champagne vinegar and olive oil. I mean, and salt and pepper, pretty pretty much it. I mean, you know, you can modify with some lemon or citrus zest. Or I, I used to do a, a little bit of teaching as well at a local culinary center, and I had a, a, a whole class that was called uh, Dressing 101. Right? It was really oh, basically wow. the. the because you because basically every 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 vinaigrette is a balancing act. It's not it's not a uh, a set recipe all the time because you've got a salad that's like just take for instance like a, a Lyonnaise salad right the bitter chicories bacon cracked pepper maybe maybe some Lyonnaise have have a, have a cheese or an onion but you've got this bitter but then you've also got that fatty bacon that you have to account for and usually a soft poached egg or something right so you need a vinaigrette that's bright and acidic otherwise it's too much 
too much fat on the palate and you kind of get, you know, you get fatigued slash you, you kind of get bored. Uh, but if you got a nice bright kind of champagne vinaigrette or Dijon vinaigrette against those fatty ingredients, it's fabulous. And quite the contrary, if you've got a, a luscious, bright butter lettuce and citrus and shaved fennel and you got all these bright ingredients, you might want something that's going to have a little more like almost like a, an emulsification, something like a honey vinaigrette. You know, you take the d- same basic recipe, Dijon, shallot, vinegar, honey, and then more oil to help emulsify that to balance those those really tart ingredients. So, you know, that's and that's what most cooking is, right? That's that's why our palates tend to love this, the sweet, salty effect because it's, it's a balancing act between the two. So what you're saying is in some of those dressings, the acidy liquid, whether it be vinegar or citrus or both, helps cleanse the palate a little bit of the fat so that the next bite is not too overwhelming i guess is that exactly right i mean you want to taste the bake you're not trying to hide or or the or the egg right that's why the salad is such a popular or or the crouton or whatever it might be but it's it's nice to have that where your your palate is refreshed throughout the process of eating where you can feel the fresh coating of those rich ingredients the rich ingredients kind of go over it so it's 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 wonderful i mean you know and, and that goes with with everything, right? With every vegetable, with every fruit, uh, and with meat, to be honest, right? Too much, too much of just a, a salted red meat, uh, your palate starts to crave. That's why Bernays and, and sauce bordelaise and these brandy peppercorns add these beautiful elements to make the steak even that much better. You know, you still got great meat in front of you. It's just enhancing what's in front of you. Kind of like um, a good imported cigar and a glass of scotch. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> you are right, right, on, right on key with that. <laughs> Pear season. Pears are in. California pears are in the stores. Northwest pears are to come soon. And boy, there's just so much you can do with pears and meat. You can pair pears with meat. <laughs> yeah, I love pears. It's another one of my kind of favorite ingredients. In fact, at Baron Flag Roadside, once the stone fruit season is officially done, we will switch over to a pear, a thinly sliced roasted pear with thyme and brown sugar that goes into our grilled cheese sandwich. Oh we do. boy. Oh, it's so wonderful, right? Just it's such a, it's such a classic and great combination. But the black pepper and, and thyme are critical in that sandwich, in my opinion. But yeah, we do we will do uh, red wine poached pears with poultry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everyone, everyone loves a good applesauce to go with pork. I love a good pear chutney to go with a roasted pork dish. Um, you know, and I, and I'm, in fact, I've got a, I've got an event this evening that I'm going to, and I have a uh, duck liver mousse that is going oh. on a crostini with a cognac roasted pear. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, yeah. So you're gonna get the, again, same example, right? You get this beautiful, rich pate, nice, crunchy piece of toast that I did as I roasted the pears. I then took some of the butter from roasting the pears to put on the toast before I roasted it in the oven, so it adds the additional Ooh. kind of pear flavor on it. And then as I roasted the pears, I did hit them with a little bit of cognac to give them a, a nice, beautiful, kind of lush, r- rounded flavor. A little bit of thyme and and, uh, and pink peppercorns in it, so yeah, it'll be a, a beautiful combination that'll serve as a canapé for an event this evening. Oh man, Chetta, yeah. that would go good on a bruschetta, wouldn't it? It would absolutely. It would make a fantastic bruschetta. We do uh, again. I've been doing this for thirty years, so I have I have done a roasted pear crostata, I think I called it, where it was a same thing, a, a beautiful piece of sourdough, roasted pears. 
I think we had like a triple cream brie on it, perhaps. <laughs> and, uh, roasted that in the oven yes. and then, you know, kind of finished it with a little bit of a, an aged balsamic vinaigrette, if I remember, a bit, uh, like an aged balsamic syrup almost that was reduced down for, uh, it was it was a great dish. Wow. My goodness. This is mouthwatering, <laughs> let me tell you. You know, I uh, a long time ago on my radio show, we interviewed uh, Chef Carlo Midioni. And uh, he was with Vivande Portavia in San Francisco. And he brought this plum sauce that he had made. He called it Nun's Thighs, where he took the, yeah, I know, he took the uh, plums and, and boiled them down. Or not boiled them down. See, he cooked them down somehow with wine yeah, and butter and and. I tried that. I went nuts over it, right? And I've been trying to find that old radio show where he brings that because I think it's on a cassette, so I have to break out all that equipment and, you know, cook it up digitally, all that other stuff to find it. Because I want that recipe because every year I will save what's called a fla Flavor King Pluot in the summer. Mm, I'll wow. cut them in half, I'll freeze them on a tray, and then uh, throw them all in a Ziploc, and usually you're right around the beginning of August, and then pull them out in, you know, around Thanksgiving time, to, you know, take the peel comes off easy in a whole bit, to try and make that from memory. But I want the real recipe. Yeah, that's how it is. But some things like that people can do if they like certain things in the wintertime, like, say, uh, dry farm tomatoes or something, you can yeah. cook some of those down, throw them in the freezer, and then come February when it's raining and cold outside and you want those uh, tomatoes or yep. peaches or whatever it is, you've got them. My wife does it every season at the end, towards the end of heirloom tomato, right out, right out of our garden. You eat all those beautiful tomatoes that with in the salads and different things and bruschetta, as you mentioned, you... But then you get to a point where you got so many yes. and they're starting to kind of hit the ground. That you're and the like, neighbors are sick of them. Yep. And so she will, uh, she'll roast them on a sheet pan and then just kind of cuts them in half, roast my sheet pan, skin pops right off. And she takes that same thing, cools it down, puts it in a Ziploc bag and freezes it. And I tell you, you can be in the middle of November or December and I feel like you're having this beautiful, bright tomato basil soup with grilled cheese sandwiches, <laughs> you know, tomato basil or like a, like a fresh Pomodoro pasta. And you're like, wow, I've just been transported back to the middle of summer. And it's, it's pretty awesome. I, it's such a it, and not, it's a sad thing that we don't put up like we used to, right? People don't put yeah. up their summer crops anymore like they used to. So well, people may have to the way things are going. So you never yeah. know. That's for it's sure. <laughs> Folks, Chef Todd Fisher has been our guest today. And if you get a chance to go into Seaside and go into the meadery. Or in Carmel Valley to Bear and Flag Roadside, I highly recommend it. That's for sure. I mean, if your mouth isn't watering now, then you've got to be deaf to food or something of that nature. <laughs> Chef Todd Fisher, thank you. Oh, why don't you give out the address of Bear and Flag and of the meadery? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Baron Flag Roadside, our uh, California roadside eatery is 7152. Carmel Valley Road in beautiful Carmel by the sea. And it is it is just an amazing place. Beer wine, as I said, beautiful patio, great roadside appeal. And then the meadery is in Seaside, California. And uh, it is uh, 1534 Fremont Boulevard in Seaside, California. And uh, again, artisan butcher shop, hot sandwiches, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, amazing smoked meats and barbecue. And a ton of a lot, a hell of a lot of fun as you experience when you got to come in. So 
Absolutely. Wow. Chef Todd Fisher, thank you so much for joining us today on Fresh from the Field Fridays. It's been my pleasure. I appreciate it, Dan. Thanks for having me. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Catch us again next week right here at the very same spot that you're at right now. Be sure to tune in every Monday to the Produce Industry Podcast with Patrick Kelly, as well as the Produce Industry Show on YouTube. And don't forget the Produce Industry app. Download that onto your phone or your tablet. It's a fantastic resource. Also, be sure to catch my YouTube and Rumble pages called Dan the Produce Man. And be sure to tune into Getting Fresh with Dan the Produce Man on KHMB Radio in Half Moon Bay. And all my social media can be found at DanTheProduceMan.com. Until next week, this is Dan the Produce Man reminding you that it's always best when you get it fresh. You've been listening to Fresh from the Field Fridays with Dan the Produce Man. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor to get fresh weekly episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Produce Industry Podcast and at Dan the Produce Man. Until next time, see you in the fields or on the horizon.